Let's invite our speaker for this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your presence here. Thank you for your joy. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for 2019. I commit ourselves to you afresh, asking you, Lord, to give wisdom and understanding, to give people and relationships, to give promises and assurances so that everyone would walk humbly yet audaciously in the power of your promises, confidently because you lead us and guide us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. Speak to us. We're listening in Jesus' name. Are you ready? Let's dive in. This morning, last Sunday, I, I talked about a, a passage of scripture. I explained a passage of scripture that we're going to commit to memory. Every, every month, we're going to commit one passage uh, to memory. Today, I want to just go over some thoughts about the vision, the, the membership, what it means to be part of our church, and uh, what, what is God laying on our heart for this coming year. So it's more like a vision message, but um, I want us to end with some sort of a commitment. Next week, we'll get back into the Word and start a new series. You can pray for me as I prepare uh, a series for that. Uh, we'll start next week. All right? Let's begin with membership. We love to help people grow, and we want to be a community where people grow. And as you help people grow, Jesus said make disciples, you want to ensure that there is step-by-step, baby-step growth in the direction of where Jesus wants us to go. So when people become part of our church, they become a member of our church, we have what is known as membership. It's a covenant. It's not a class as such. It's not a subscription. It's not a, uh, you know, any kind of a signing up. It's a covenant. Just like this ring is a covenant, it's a promise between two people, we make a covenant between pastor and elders, the elders and the church. We make a covenant. We will shepherd you. We will look after you. We will grow you. We will, we will protect you. We will correct you. And we will present you and help you uh, uh, prepare yourself to be presented before the Lord Jesus. Vice versa, you submit, you learn, you follow, and somebody is shepherding you through this. If you don't have a parent, you're an orphan. If you don't have a pastor, you are a shepherd without a sheep. And even if you're one of the 99, Jesus comes after you. So we take membership very seriously. Okay, You've got to be part of a family because on your own, you're just an orphan. When you step into membership, we ask people to make a covenant, which has four parts. And that's what we're going to revise today. After membership, we move people into maturity where they make a covenant uh, to maturity, to grow in Christ. And we ask them to make four commitments there about four habits of growing in Christ. Then we take them to the next step where we expect them to make a commitment to serve and we help you find your shape. That is S-H-A-P-E. S is for? H is for? A is for? Abilities. P is for? Personality. E is for? Experiences. Come on, you've got to be better than that. S is for? Spiritual gifts. H, heart. A, Abilities, P, personality, E, experiences. So we help you find your shape. When you look at a hammer, you think, okay, that's meant to hammer nails. And you just know what you're supposed to do when you look at the shape. God has shaped you for ministry. From ministry, we move you to a mission where we teach you how to share your faith, how to share the good news, how to make make bridges into your community. And we have the peace plan, which is promote reconciliation, uh, uh, equip, the, equip servant leaders, assist the poor, care for the sick, and educate the next generation. So step by step, we move people forward because we believe in baby step commitments and everybody's got to grow slowly. Everybody's got to grow systematically. Do you agree with me? Everybody grows. So sometimes they take different times, but they all grow in the same way. First we crawl. Then we walk, then we 
run. First we crawl, then we walk, then we run. Any baby born and starts running immediately? Dangerous. Just, 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 uh, yeah, just stay away from that one. So here is a revision of the membership covenant. Would you say it with me? Number one, I will protect the unity of my church. Okay, you were not prepared for that, so let's do it again. Number one, I will protect the unity of my church. How? By acting in love. Uh, Yes, by refusing to gossip and malign other members or the leaders, by submitting to the authority and the guidance of the leaders. Number two, I will share the responsibility of my church. How? By praying for its growth and unity, by inviting the unchurched to attend, by warmly welcoming those who visit, by showing care and concern for people who come within our influence. Number three, I will serve the ministry of my church. How? By discovering my gifts and talents, by being equipped to serve by my pastors, by developing a servant's heart, and by making myself available as required. Number four, I will support the testimony of my church by attending faithfully, by living a godly life, and by paying my tithe faithfully and giving generously. Basically, what we do is we take a member past the nominal stage, the namesake stage. We take a member past Sunday. We say you are a full-time disciple of Christ, and we want you to go all the way to grow to full maturity. Christ didn't call you. Christ didn't die on the cross. He didn't shed his blood so that you can go to church. He didn't die on the cross so that you could go to church. He died on the cross so that the world can come to you. To receive the love and affection, to receive the care and the forgiveness that only Christ can give. So we running from the world is not the church. The church running to us is God's answer. And why would, he, would they run to us? Why would they come to us? Only if we have the authentic love and service that the Lord Jesus <coughs> himself showed and promoted when he was on earth. So we get started here. By understanding you need to be part of a family, and then we move you on from there. We are very, very, very serious about discipleship. I'm very serious about your spiritual growth. In fact, in a lot of cases, I'm more serious about your spiritual growth than you are. In most cases. Because that's how sheep and shepherd are. I mean, which sheep is more worried about his own or her own care than the shepherd? The shepherd always trumps that. And I have a greater shepherd, the Lord Jesus, who bangs me on the head every morning with the burden to care for you, pray for you, and feed you. And I will do that because I have to stand before him. At the end of the day, I will stand before him and I will give an account for every single person who comes in within my circle of influence, within my care. If anyone comes here to our church and decides that they're going to attend here and be a member here, then I become responsible for your eternity. I take that very, very, very seriously. And I don't owe an explanation to some board of directors or to some denomination. I owe an explanation to the chief shepherd. He himself will hold me accountable. So between him and you, I'm most scared of him. And I will obey him. So members of Covenant Life need to understand that this is not a church you attend. This is a church you dive in. This is a church of family and responsibilities. This is a church where we're going to serve. This is a church where we're not about ourselves. We're about everybody else. We're about others. 
This is a church where we open the doors to anybody God will bring, not just the ones we like. This is a church where we learn to like the people we didn't like. This is a church where love is defined by what God wants to do in that person's life, not what I want to do in that person's life. Am I, going cl am I clear? I could go on and on, but that's pretty much uh, in a nutshell. So anybody can walk in, but we want to accept them, love them, and grow them. We won't leave them as they are, but we will grow them to what we are. So I need you to be committed not only to your own commitment to Christ, but also to what we're trying to do here. So we are not a church where somebody just attends. You can attend one or two weeks, come for two, three weeks, check it out, you know, decide, you know, this is it, not, this is not it, this is not me, you know. And then you can make up your mind and then dive in, dive in. Walk with me, run with me, and we will see a smile on Jesus' face when he comes back. That's the only thing I care about. It's the only thing we care about. All right? So what do we teach people in our church? What does our church build itself on it builds itself on the five purposes that god has for us that are found in the great commission and the great commandment the great commission and the great commandment what is the great commission going into all the world and preach the gospel baptizing them in the name of the father son and the holy spirit teaching them to observe all that i have commanded you all right what is the great commandment jesus said to the rich young ruler he says to sum it up in a summary this is the great commandment love god Love your neighbor. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. So I've put that in a little slogan for us to remember easily. Anybody know it? Anybody know it? Love Jesus. Love like Jesus. Covenant life, come on. Love Jesus. Love like Jesus. Very simple. Very simple. What is Christianity? Love Jesus. Love like Jesus. That's it. If anybody tries to explain anything more to you than that, it's, they've, they've wasted it. That's what Jesus went to the cross for. That's why he went to the cross. He did two things. This is the gospel. This is how and why Jesus shed his blood for you. This is why he went to the cross. This is the body. This is my body which is broken for you. This is my blood which is shed for you. So your body was broken. His body was broken for you. His body was sacrificed for you because the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. So Jesus took your death so that you can take his life. So his body was broken for you. But his blood was shed for you. And by his blood being shed for you, he not only washed your sin away, but with the same blood with which he washed your sin away, he wrote a new covenant because covenants are written in blood. The new covenant he wrote is, I will love you with an everlasting love. And nothing you do can break that. You see, the old covenant said that anything you do, if you broke your peace with me, if you broke your, your, your trust with me, you are out of the covenant. You are broken. You are cut off. I will not honor my side of the covenant. But then we have a new covenant, Jesus said, in my blood. He says, I'm going to rewrite the covenant. I'm going to come and I'm going to redo the entire Old Testament, the entire Old covenant and I'm going to do away with that and I'm going to write a new covenant and this time only I will wear the ring did you get it this time only I will wear the ring you don't have to wear the ring because I don't want anything you ever do 
to come in the way of breaking my relationship. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I have washed your sin clean. You are white as snow. And there will be no record of your sin ever again. And any finger that's pointed against you, I will personally break. It's not there, but that's something like that. That's God's commitment to you. And that's the meaning of why Jesus went to the cross for you. That's why Jesus went to the cross. So we want those purposes in our life. Number one, come on. From the great commandment, from the great uh, commission. Love the Lord your God. That's worship. That is worship. Aradhana. Okay. Number two, love your neighbor as yourself. That's ministry. Sevkai. That's ministry. Number three, go preach, declare, proclaim, yell it out, the good news. That's euangelia, that's evangelism, that's good news. The third one is evangelism. Number four, it doesn't say convert anybody, it says yell the good news. Yell the good news, right? Number four, number five, no, hang on. Number four, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So you get them to identify with Jesus and identify with his family. When you get baptized, you come into the family, and we call that fellowship, sangati, fellowship, right? What have we got so far? Worship, aradhana, ministry, sevakai, evangelism, susamachar, fellowship, sangati, and teaching them to observe, teaching them to obey. Make them obedient. Make them disciplined. We call that discipleship. Shishapan. So let's do the five again. Number one, worship. Two, ministry. Three, evangelism. Four, fellowship. And lastly, discipleship. Good. The problem with purposes is that people pick their favorites. Ah, I like evangelism. I like evangelism. We, we need to evangelize. The whole world needs to We are all about evangelism. Yes, you are, brother. Then you... One person says, it's all about worship. Worship is what God has called us. We are all about worship. Yeah. Then it's another one says, no, no, it's all about teaching. We must teach. We must say and then the whole church is like a classroom. Everybody's got highlighters and everything. And so we, we, we move in one of the directions where we like it. Usually a pastor has his own favorite. Usually he just does. And so the church tends to go in that direction. But that's a disobedient church. Because which of you would say, no, no, I'm committed to the respiratory system. No, I think only breathing is important. No, no, I'm committed to the vascular system. No, I think blood flow is the most important. Leave breathing alone. Blood flow is the most important. Ah, you have systems and all the systems must be in balance. If it's not in balance, you are sick. You run to the doctor. This is not working. That is not working. This is paining. That's fallen out. <laughs> right? So balance becomes the key. How do we in covenant life ensure balance? How do I ensure balance? Well, I see you for about 45 minutes a Sunday. How am I supposed to ensure balance? Some of you can't even balance on the chair. Okay? Halfway through, you get the rest of the Lord. You know, you start resting, <laughs> resting in the Lord. Some people get their best sleep on Sunday mornings. So how do I ensure, as a shepherd, how can I make sure that you are balancing all the five purposes in your life? You not only need the purposes of God, but you need a place and you need people. You need a place to balance those purposes, and you need people with whom to balance those purposes. So write it down. We seek balance. We seek to balance the five purposes in our obedience to God. Very important. 
Very, very important. The Bible says if you break the rules in one, one area, you have broken the whole thing. So it's about total obedience. Remember all the things I have taught you, etc., etc. So how do we do this? Number one, by creating a place. Write it down. By creating a place to develop our obedience. What place have we created where you can develop your obedience? Small groups. Yes. Is it already there or it's not there? Good. Well done, Radhika. Small group. We create groups of relationships. Anyone you like or you understand or you're the same height or whatever, I don't care. You guys just get together. Wherever you are, some four in the morning, some on seven in the morning, some seven in the evening, crisscross the countryside or meet up wherever. I don't care. Meet on WhatsApp, meet on WhatsApp. I don't care. Just meet. Meet and get together and have a place where you say, here's where my obedience is going to grow. Number two, here are the people with whom my obedience is going to grow. We create opportunities to express our obedience. And that is, again, the small group. Right? So you learn to serve first in your small group. You learn to serve first in your family and then in anywhere and any other place. If you can't serve your family, if you can't serve your small group, eh, it's highly unlikely you're going to do great things for God. Okay, I want to do great things for God. Do you love your wife? Mm. Eh, it starts at home. It starts with the small group. Right, good. So that's, uh, that's a place and a people for the purposes of God. What is our vision for this year? Is everybody with me? Anybody getting tired? Everyone's okay? You got your notes? Very good. What is our vision for this year? Well, God has called us to be holy. Be holy. How do you spell be? Very good. Very good. Very good. Very good. You couldn't go wrong there now, couldn't you? BE stands for Bible Engagement. Write it down. BE stands for Bible Engagement. And I explained that to you last week, so I'm not going to waste time on that. But if you didn't meet, get last week's sermon, go back to my app or the website or, or wherever and uh, listen to last Sunday's message. And I explained the three M's that we are going to focus on, that we're going to use to have Bible engagement, to ensure Bible engagement. Anybody remember the three M's? Memorization. Medication. Meditation, very good, and mediation, which is prayer. Memorization is the intake and the committing to memory of the word of God. And all of us have started on Titus chapter 2, verse 11 to 15. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people. Right, we've started learning that. And meditation is thinking over the verse over and over again. And the third thing is mediation. Right, why are we doing this? Because it's the word of God that builds us. The word of God that builds us. But oftentimes we forget the benefits of the word of God. So allow me to end this message by just going over some of the important things that the Bible says about itself. That the Bible says about itself. Are you ready? Let's go over it. Number one, Colossians chapter 3 verse 16. You know John 3.16. Here's another 3.16. Yeah? Colossians chapter 3 verse 16. Let's say it. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. In what way does God want you, the word of God to dwell in you? With what capacity? With what intensity? Richly. 
richly. Brothers, sisters, look at me. One message Sunday morning is not richly. I mean, if you ate once a week, you would hardly be called a rich person. Yeah? One, and, and if you're looking to just some good orators, you know, some great speakers with television ministries or with books, and either you, are follow, you follow an author or you follow a particular speaker, and you just love the way they bring it home, and they work up the crowd, and you've got that crowd on their feet, and they're clapping for every cliche and word and phrase that they speak out, and people are going bonkers and nuts, and thousands of people are coming. That's wonderful, but if that's your meal, you're going to be skinny. And that's not the skinny we're looking for. Somebody say amen. amen. Yeah. <laughs> richly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you. Richly. John 6.63. Some verse that's his verses we've never seen in the Bible only. Uh, I was like, wow, that's there. John 6.63. It is the spirit, capital S. That's the Holy Spirit. It is the spirit who gives what? Life. You know, when you say I'm tired... You know, when you say, I'm feeling sad, you know, when you say, I don't have hope, when you say, I can't do this anymore, when you say, what on earth is going to happen, when you feel afraid, when you feel uncertain, when you feel abandoned, all of those things are life seeping out of you. That's basically life seeping out of you. What you're really asking for is life. Because life is love and joy and confidence and hope and faith. That's what life is. And where do you get life from? What is the fuel of life? It is the Spirit of God who gives life. But how does the Spirit of God work in you to give life? Answer, the words that I have spoken to you are spirit, small s, yes, spirit and life. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. It is the Spirit of God who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. Anybody want to say amen? Oh, especially not on Monday morning. <laughs> no help at all. Even Sunday morning. Even Sunday morning. Oh, Lord. Can church just come here, please, Lord? <laughs> well, I'm there in spirit. <laughs> yeah. That spirit only. Same one. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5. Every word of God proves. Say it like you mean it. Say it like you believe it. Every word of God proves true. What's he saying? If it came out of God's mouth, it's going to come true. If it came out of God's mouth, it's going to come true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Wow. That's what the word of God says about the word of God. That's why we want to be filled with, saturated with, packed with the word of God. 2 Peter 1.4. 2 Peter 1.4. By which he has granted to us, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. What are the adjectives here? Precious and very great promises. Why? Why? So that through them, through what? The precious and very great promises. Through the promises, you may become partakers of a divine nature, of the divine nature. So you've got a fleshly nature. You've got a natural uh, nature, your, your human nature. Everybody's got that. Nobody's got issues with that. We are very comfortable with that one. But what I'm trying to switch to is CNG. I'm trying to switch from human nature to divine nature. God has called me to live the eternal life. He's called me to live in the spirit, not in the 
flesh. So I fuel the spirit, I fuel life in the spirit. How? By the word of God, his very great and precious promises, by which he has granted to us precious and great promises, so that through them I become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. Great. Jeremiah, let's go to the Old Testament. Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16. Your words were found, I like this imagery here, your words were found and I ate them up. I gobbled them up. Your words were found and I ate them up. And when they went into my system, low calorie as they will, your words became to me two things, a joy and a delight. A joy and a delight. That's the new diet we're on for 2019. It's a low calorie diet. It's a high spirit diet. Over the last few years, I've learned something about diets. I won't tell you why. <laughs> you know? You don't get this chiseled look <laughs> overnight. But I've learned a few things about diets. And here's the thing. The more you have of anything, the more you crave the same thing. Deep. The more you have of anything, the more you crave the same thing. So if you have carbs, sugar's going to spike, then you're going to want more. You have carbs, you're going to want more carbs. But if you eat healthy or if you eat vegetables and, 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 and meats and you are low on the sugar uh, glycemic index and you eat foods that last longer, take longer to digest, you, your body, your mind, especially your mind, I learned apparently the problem is up here. <laughs> Although there's no fat content, there was problems up there. The mind and the body actually decide that they want more of that. So all of a sudden you start looking at fresh healthy salads and you look at fruits and you actually want it. The very thing that you was against your religion when you were 13 years old is today what you're craving for. The doctor's orders. Yeah? Same thing with the spirit. You say, oh, no, but I don't, I don't find the Bible exciting. I don't find a hunger for the word of God. Well, your body and your spirit is not accustomed to that diet. So you have to start somewhere. You have to begin and you also have to negate some of the other intake. Are you with me? You have to stop getting the sugar high, the human nature, the indulgences, the fleshly longings. And you've got to start living on the spirit and develop a hunger and an appetite for things of the spirit. It's not going to happen overnight. You know what people have lied to you about? You know what people have taught you wrongly about? They've said you have this Holy Spirit experience. They've said they, you have this, this magical experience, this superhuman, supernatural experience where suddenly the Spirit of God comes upon you and after that you just are crazy about worship and crazy about the things of God and all that. It's lies. It's absolute lies. None of that is true. It's hard work. Switching from carbs to meat and, and vegetables is hard work. Switching from the flesh to the spirit is hard work. You have to make a plan. You have to get accountability. You have to get in a small group. And you have to work your way to the point where after one month, after three months, after six months, after one year, you now have a desire for the word of God. Jeremiah, who didn't have the Holy Spirit and didn't have the Bible and didn't have CL. <laughs> he was not a member of Covenant Life. He said, I found your word and I gobbled it up. And your word became to me 
Got it? Everybody with me? Great. So that's Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16. Finally, Mark chapter 13, verse 31. Heaven will pass away. Earth will pass away. But my words, but my words, but my words, but my words will never pass away. Look at me. It's as simple as this. There are three foundations you could build your life on. You could build it on earth, and it's all going to end in the grave. You could build it on heaven, and even that's going to pass away. That's this heavens. But if you build it on the word of God, it's going to last forever. So choose your foundation. Choose who you're going to trust. Choose what you're going to build your life on. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. So what are you saying, God? Every bit of word that I put into my, into my mind, into my heart, every bit of food that I eat as your word is going to last with me forever. It's going to last with me forever. Great. So that's the word of God. Renew your commitment. Renew your desire. You can't concoct an appetite. You can't work up an appetite for the word of God. You can't. You've got to develop it. You've got to give your spirit a taste for the word of God. And you've got to stop eating the flesh and what's coming from the flesh. And you've got to give yourself a chance to grow. Best place, small group. Best place, small group. So get in a small group. Let us know. Talk to one of us if you want to get uh, involved in a small group. If you're a woman, talk to Evelyn. Evelyn, stand up. If you're a man, talk to Rohita. Rohita, stand up. Yeah, these guys, they run the, the, the maturity side of things. They've got a team. They'll help you get into a small group real easy. They'll be outside available for you. Just go around screaming Evelyn, Evelyn, and uh, everything will be okay, right? <laughs> so we have these forums in which we want to develop you. Let's close with this. Study forums. The different study forums, three things. Number one is class. Class stands for? Class stands for? Christian Life and Service Seminars. That's where we got class from. Okay, so it's not like class, class. But it's Christian Life and Service Seminars. And you do this once in your life. You become a member once. You understand maturity once. You understand ministry once. And then you play out those roles. We have 101, which is membership. We're going to offer that to you every month. So if you're new, you become a member. You sign up saying, I'm with you. I, I agree. I'm in. Right? And number two, 201, that's going to be offered every month as well, where you find out about uh, your habits for spiritual growth. Three, your shape for ministry. Four, your mission purpose. Right? Number three, sorry, number two, small groups. We have curriculum right, left, and center. If you're just starting out with God, we've got a small group uh, curriculum for about four or five weeks that is called Fresh Start with God. We're going to have groups, and you're saying, you know what? Uh, I, I want to start fresh with God. Sign up for that, and we'll take you through four weeks. You have to do it only once in your life, hopefully. Oh, marriage enrichment and strengthening. We're going to have a lot of those this year, and we're going to use our men's groups and women's groups to strengthen the marriages in our church. Strong marriages, strong families. Strong families, strong church. Simple. Okay. Uh, we've got understanding the Bible, the whole canon from Genesis to maps. We want to know what God has said, why he said it. We've got a foundations course, which is uh, all the fundamental doctrines of the Bible, sound doctrines. Why are we this? Why do we believe this? Why, where are we going after we die? What is heaven made of? Everything we answer in those courses. These are courses you do over and above your thing. We're going to make it available to you. And regular Bible study in your small groups. So we have everybody in a small group, men and women, some couples, some mixed, no problem. And we will ensure that you are growing with good material. And lastly, we have events. Sunday morning, of course. Yes? Right? 
Have I lost you? Are you with me? We're almost landing. We're almost landing. We've, we've started descent. Don't worry. Uh, lunch is not far away. So Sunday, Sunday morning for sure, either venue or online. Love to have you online, wherever you are. And we're starting online communities as well as we're pl planning to expand, uh, try and go through to other cities. We're thinking of Dehradun, uh, Chandigarh, Pune, Almaty, Bangalore. There's about six or seven that we are thinking about. And we, we're looking for the right people to help us set up there. So we have Sunday morning, we have the online. We also have a men's group that meets because I'm struggling with men. You know, they are all married to the same woman. Her name is Busy. Do you know this woman? They all seem to know her. Her name is Busy. So I'm like, you come here. And we will be getting into groups together. And we will study and grow together. It's been a phenomenal six months of Waterline. And Waterline is our men's group. And this is the publicity for Waterline. Hang on. Hang on. Just give me a second right here. Let me get my PowerPoint up here. So this is what you could give out to, to give to the men. And we've made it in business science card. So because you're so busy, <laughs> we, <laughs> you could just kind of pull it out. Instead of your business card, introduce Waterline. Okay? Then you come later. Okay, and we're starting a new series this Saturday, a four-part series this Saturday. It's called Each Day, and I'm committed to building men, men after God's heart. I'm committed to build to getting men alongside me, committed to the Great Commission. I'm committed to pouring into men what they need. That is affirmation, the voice of a father, correction, accountability, confidence, inspiration. Men have needs that women cannot meet. Yes. And God has called that older men teach younger men, and older women teach younger women. And older men must raise the younger men generation. And we have a powerful time of speaking into the hearts of men. Guys, you are men. And let no one take that away from you. You are sons of covenant. You are called by the Most High God to be His man for you. And men have failed that, but at the same time, God is calling you to that. Right? The joke is, God created Adam, and he messed up, so God created Eve. No, that's wrong. It's okay as a joke, but that's wrong. Theologically, God created Adam, he messed up, so God sent Jesus, and he got it right. So men, real men, are those who put their eyes on the chief, commander-in-chief, and say, say to Christ, my Lord and my God, what will you have me do? My Lord and my God, what will I have you do? Where they make Jesus their chief cornerstone, their chief commander-in-chief, the guy who gives them the marching orders. Real men. And real men look after families. They love their wives. They provide for their families. And they are the strength of a strong church. Men. Was that a good plug? Yeah? So basically, get up in the morning on Saturday and come here. <laughs> 7.45, I'll see you there, nice and early. We'll be playing jazz for you, okay? And this is the series we're going to start. It's called Each Day is an Opportunity to Remember versus Forget, to be Grateful versus Grumble, to Listen versus Ignore. I think that's on marriage. And uh, to Give versus Take. So we're going to be talking about marriage, money, relationships, parenting. We're going to cover everything. So pick up these and give it out. Ladies, we haven't yet come up with a name for the event for the ladies, I was suggesting gas line, but there was too much of opposition on that. 
uh, I, I take that back. Uh, somebody else was uh, suggesting main line. I don't know, but you have to figure out some line and name. In the meantime, we're going to have coffee with the ladies where sometimes we get prominent ladies who have walked with God, love God, are respectable women, so that you can sit and talk and ask questions. We don't want another church. We've already finished church on Sunday morning. We don't want another church. So what we want in these other forums is where you really get to talk, where you really get to engage. So for the youth, the young, uh, young Adults Fellowship, we're having a third forum in which, not a third forum, but you've got men and women, and for young adults, we're having a forum that is called Speak Up. We're having a forum that's called Speak Up. Basically, we're going to have a panel. We're going to have young people, a little bit of band music, and then after that, we're going to get into issues where we speak up on doctrines, on issues, matters that are close to the heart. So that in a world that has a very strong voice against this or for this, we have a voice and an opinion and a conviction that we speak up for. You speak up louder, speak up in time, speak up for others, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Uh, young adults, you come to speak up. We're gonna start uh, early teens ministry because we hadn't had that going from 12 to 12 to 15, 16. And uh, you can talk to my wife, Zarima, about that. We're going to get that started on Sunday mornings. Uh, Sunday school goes normal, everything. These are the forums in which you can grow, 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 grow. If you're not committed to growing, you're in the wrong church. Honestly. I'm not asking you to leave. I'm asking you to grow. <laughs> I will block the door when you want to leave. But if you are going to leave, please let me know. People quietly slip out the back door and then tell us, tell me six months later. And that doesn't work. Is everybody okay? Got it? I'm talking to you as pastor, as a father, as a brother. I'm committed to this year. Are you committed with me to your own spiritual growth? Are you committed to the systems? Are you committed to me? Are you committed to Christ, to CL? Would you bow your heads? Would you tell God what you're saying to him right now? Would you make this real? Think about what I said about the vision, Bible engagement. Think about what I said about the passages of scripture, the word of God. Think about small group and what I said about that. Think about the commitments of the members, the four commitments I mentioned. Is there something you want to tell God? Lord, we are committed to you, but we need your help. We're trying to do something we've never done before. We're trying to do something we've never aced, we've never succeeded at necessarily before. For some, it's a brand new start. For some, it's coming back to the beginning, starting afresh. Wherever we're at on that spectrum of proximity to you, oh God, draw us closer, one step closer. Give us a friend, give us a loved one who is committed to our growth. Let this church be real in relationships. Kill gossip, oh God, in Jesus' name I ask. Kill gossip. <coughs> Kill hypocrisy. Let people love each other with a real love. Let there not be two faces, facedness in this church. Let there be just one face. Give us the courage to say no. Give us the courage to tell the truth, to speak the truth and love. Make us a congregation, a community of people that displays the brokenness of Christ, the power of Christ, the love and the joy, the forgiveness of Christ. Bring many to salvation through us. 
heal many physically, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically. Do a miracle every day in our church. Strengthen our families, strengthen our marriages. Strengthen our hearts, O oh God. Even if opposition comes, let us not break down, let us not turn away. Spirit of the living God, I appeal to you. Take this church and do something with it. Either shut us down or do something, Lord. Revival or riot, one of the two. But we will not be complacent. We will not be a quiet, namesake, pathetic, uh, carnal community that just pretends that we are spiritual, pretends that we are religious, and never does anything, gets anything done. We do not want to be that. I commit to you on behalf of our church, 2019, and I ask you to give us all the things we need to keep our commitment. Starting with me. Stir your spirit within me. Make me a humble man. Show me that I am worth nothing outside of you. Teach me your ways every day so that what comes out of my mouth is what you have put in my heart. Let me not lie to these people. Let me not teach them what is not true. You lead me first before I lead the men of this church. Before I lead the families. Oh God, I present myself to you as the first and greatest sacrifice to have your will and way in my life. Amen.